If we really think about it, we live in an instant world. Perhaps you were in a rush this morning and instead of enjoying a full-flavored, slow-brewed cup of coffee, you grab that jar of instant instead. And with a simple voice command, Alexa, turn the lights on. Alexa, put the heat up. Alexa, play my favorite song. Then we think about our phones. We text or email and connect with friends or family who may be miles away. Amazingly, instant notifications. We need a recipe. We want to know the weather forecast, top news. With a click, it's at our fingertips. Need a quick bite to eat? You head to the nearest fast food drive-through. Need cash right away? There's ATMs everywhere. We want things and we want them fast and now. We complain when we need to stand in line at the checkouts, when the highway screeches to a dead stop, or the red light is just taking too long to turn green. I'm sure many of you have heard this dreadful sound from the back seat as you just set out on a family trip all together now. Are we there yet? Men, women, and children, we want things and we want them now. How long? How long before we get there? How long before Instacart shows up on my doorstep? How long before dinner is ready? And then the how long questions, they get a little deeper. How long? How long before I can have a child? How long must I put up with this marriage? How long before my husband gets a job? How long before I have enough to pay the bills? How long must I suffer with this illness? How long, oh Lord? How long shall I cry for help? We question God. Confusion and doubt creep in. Habakkuk cried this same cry. How long, God, do you care? God, do you hear? Look around, do you see what's going on? As we look at Habakkuk this morning, we'll see an honest, humble, righteous man whose faith in God led him to cry out to God with his questions, his fears, doubts, and his burdens. As we look at that this morning, let me just pray for us one more time. Lord, we all have our own unique how long questions. Whether we are suffering, hurting, longing, or just tired of waiting, speak to us this morning. May we rest in the truth of your word and may it guide our thoughts as we trust in your love, having open hearts to an understanding of who you are. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen. Habakkuk 1, 1 to 4. Please follow along as I read it. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. I've broken down these four little verses into three sections. Verse one, a burden. Verse two and three, questions and doubts, take them to the Lord. And verse four, I'm not okay with this. So let's look at verse one together. 
The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. An oracle, meaning a divinely given message from the Lord. But this message weighed heavily on Habakkuk. This message wasn't easy for him. It was a burden. After crying out and lamenting with what was going on around him and how God hasn't intervened, we'll see how Habakkuk struggles with God's answers. If we remember from Alyssa's intro last week, Habakkuk lived in a troubled world. He had lived during a spiritual revival, but now Judah's rapid moral and spiritual decline was on the rise. The succeeding kings did not follow the ways of the Lord. He was struggling with everything that was going on around him, sin and wickedness, and he had a burden for the people. Usually prophets would take this divine message and directly address the people. But Habakkuk instead addresses God and this book becomes a dialogue between him and God. Let's look at verses two and three again. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear, or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. Habakkuk takes it to the Lord. He pleads to God, not complaining to God, but crying out for help. There's so much evil and wickedness around, destruction and violence are everywhere, fighting and quarreling. Yet God, where are you? Habakkuk couldn't understand or handle God's silence. But if we look down to the first two lines of verse 13, we see that Habakkuk acknowledges God's sovereignty. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, he acknowledges that God is too holy and that God can't stand to see wickedness. He knows God. He realizes who God is. He seeks God. And so he's not afraid to speak and cry out to him because he trusts him and has faith in him. He has a relationship with him. Yet, Habakkuk just doesn't get it. God, help me understand. God, if you are sovereign, if you are who you say you are, why is it taking you so long to do something about this mess? Save your people. We know God. We realize who he is. We seek him. Yet do we cry out to him? Do we trust him enough and have faith in him? Or perhaps you don't know God. You don't realize who he is. How can you trust or have faith in someone you don't have a relationship with? It's okay to be confused. It's okay to doubt and to be hurt and to have questions. But it's what we do with all this. Do we bring it? Do we bring them before God? We look at our world. It's so similar to Habakkuk's world. Destruction, violence, fighting. The war in Ukraine, it's been 11 months now with no end in sight to fighting and suffering and death. Evil, wickedness, cruelty, injustice, mass shootings taking innocent lives, police officers murdered in their line of duty, the discovery of hundreds if not thousands of unmarked graves of indigenous children. We just don't get it. God help us understand. How long, O oh Lord? 
And then we have our personal how long questions, our illness, our marriage that's falling apart, our longing to start a family. All our questions and doubts, all our burdens, take them to the Lord. Be honest, be humble, don't walk away, cry to him. Wait on him, trust and have faith in him. First Peter 5, 7, we are told to cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to be burdened, to be worried or to carry a heavy weight on our shoulders. He cares for us and wants to carry them for us. He wants us to bring everything to him and then we wait. We wait on him. Perhaps we're burdened with some sin in our life and it's just too much for us to carry. Know that on the cross, Jesus carried the heavy burden of our sin. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So on the cross, Jesus died, and he took our sins on himself and offered us his forgiveness. He carries our burdens, and by God's grace and through our faith in Christ, we have been freed. And we look at Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. The psalmist says he will never permit the righteous to be moved. But hear what Habakkuk says in verse four. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous so justice goes forth perverted. How can the Lord sustain you and how will the righteous never be moved or shaken? Habakkuk was trapped by wicked men surrounding the righteous. There was injustice in a lawless society. Leaders were corrupt. God's law was now powerless. They ignored the teaching of the Lord and it had no authority anymore, no influence on them. Habakkuk had only one hope, and that was to cry out to God to do something. And if we look at our society, I've already mentioned how bleak, all those bleak things. If we think about our society, how it's falling apart. Wars and threat of wars, nuclear wars, terrorism, corrupt governments, issues surrounding sexual identity, economic struggles, global pandemics, diseases that rob us of loved ones. God's word is being rejected and ignored. And so we too can feel trapped by wicked men surrounding the righteous. And so we too have only one hope, and that is to cry out to God to do something. We should hate sin. It should anger us. Injustice, wickedness, corruption, and cheating. We don't just walk away, nor do we put up with it nor do we follow it. No, we should not be okay with it. And we know that God isn't okay with it either. We had an opportunity just this morning around our small table groups to look over Psalm 37, noting the contrast between God's dealing with evildoers and with people of faith. We clearly saw that God is aware of every situation faced by the righteous. He knows the wickedness of the evildoers. God will destroy the wicked. They will be no more. They will fade like grass. They will perish and vanish like smoke. They will be cut off. 
but God promises a future for the righteous. They'll delight in abundant peace. He upholds the righteous. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. It is this God that we can go to in faith, believing that he cares, and he sees, and he knows, and he is just. We are reminded here that God has absolute authority over all that exists. So just like Habakkuk would cry out to God because he knew that God was sovereign, we need to have that same faith. We need to cry out to him for help, for understanding, to, him, to know him more. Cry out, how long, Lord? And then wait. Wait expectantly. May all our doubts, confusion, despair, and hardships lead us to a stronger faith, confidence, joy, and trust in our all-sovereign God. His strength is sufficient for us. And next week, as Jenna brings us the second lesson, we'll see that the Lord has an answer to all of Habakkuk's questions. It's not an answer that Habakkuk was expecting. It will surprise him and weigh heavy on him, but he will be reassured knowing that the Lord is sovereign. He actually does care, and he notices and knows all that is going on. Let me end this time in prayer before we go back into our um, small groups and continue our discussions. <clears throat> Lord, we are so thankful that our hope is in you, that our joy is found in you. Whatever our circumstances are, whatever fears we are facing or anxieties we have, may we come to you knowing that you care and that we can trust in you. When we look at our world and all the evil in it, a world filled with uncertainty, fear, hardship, suffering, and death, may we be reminded of who you are, knowing that we can rest in you, our creator, who is all-knowing and sovereign over all. Thank you for being our strength when we are weak, and help us to fix our eyes on you, no matter what comes our way, or no matter how long it takes. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.